0: This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group podcast network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org. popping y'all. Welcome back to Culture Jam. We have another good episode for you coming up. I'm your host as always Zoe and this week I have Tyler Ricks joining me as my guest host. Tyler is a first year psychology major here at University of South Carolina and she's my best friend so I'm excited to have her on today. Welcome to the show Tyler. Hello I'm Tyler. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about Melanie Martinez and some of the sort of like feminist themes in her songs and her commentary on like gender roles and all kinds of fun stuff like that. And then in the second part of the show, I have an interview with Head Hunch 8, who is another student uh, artist here at USC. So we'll get into that. But first of all, what are you listening to recently, Tyler? What's on your playlist right now?
1: Right now? I think I'm just listening to a lot of Joji and BTS. I had a Joji phase back in um, 2020 summer too, but I know. I just like to listen to different artists during different times of my life.
0: Did you ever watch Joji when he was
1: like on YouTube? No, I did not, but I have heard about his YouTube channel.
0: Recently, I've been listening to, I'm not going to lie, I've been listening to a lot of like old Taylor Swift like her first couple of albums I don't know why but I just got in this like little phase and it's funny like listening to her now because I remember being like a little ass kid and being like like sing along to her songs being like yeah and now that like I'm older and I've actually like been in my fair share of relationships and stuff like it kind of hits like a lot harder (laughs) I feel it but um yeah so today we're talking about Melanie Martinez. Uh, Do you want to give me like your favorite Melanie Martinez songs real quick?
1: Okay, so my favorite Melanie Martinez song hands down probably would have to be definitely love her song Soap and Sippy Cup. Those are like two of my favorites. In high school, Sweethearts. (laughs) (laughs) Those are like the ones I would listen to and repeat. But uh, those ones aren't as like they, they all tell stories, I think, but they aren't as much, like, they don't really talk, tell stories about what's going on in society. But her other songs, um, like, um, oh, yeah, Strawberry Shortcake, that one. I do love that song a lot, too. So what she kind of says in that song is like, oh, yeah it's my fault but like not really that these boys can't control themselves because I dress this way but it's more like she's not she's saying it more ironically than actually saying it's her fault and stuff
0: yeah I really like that song because I think like anybody that's gone through like the school system can kind of relate to like there's always like a really biased like dress code I remember I couldn't even wear like I think my senior year we technically got rid of the dress code but like if I wore most years of high school if I wore like a certain crop top or something I would have like maybe like an inch of like my midriff showing and like some teacher would like follow me down the hallway and be like excuse me excuse me can you put a jacket on and it was annoying because it was always like the female teachers because like the male teachers are like scared to like seem creepy and like say Mm -hmm. something new but it'd be like the women that are like such like in my ass about it and I really upset me because I was like why like you are a woman like I feel like you shouldn't like be actively like feeding into this whole sexist like dress code thing where like I can't show like literally anything like half my school was guys like walking around with like their underwear hanging out like when sagging was like a big thing
1: yeah, honestly, though, coming from like from my school, since I'm like more from like the deep south, I feel like guys there, the men at that school, they felt like they could say what they wanted to about what you were wearing. Like, I feel like they spoke their minds a little bit too much at times, because like it's honestly, especially not like a grown man's business. Like, ooh, what a girl <laughs> is wearing, like that's weird and creepy. And like we couldn't even wear holes in our in our pants, like above the knee. Like we couldn't even rip, wear ripped jeans anymore. It was that bad. But I think that all of that was dumb. And another thing, they used to do like dollar tests on some of the girls at school. If their skirts were too short, they'd like fold a dollar. And if it like did not come to or past the dollar, then you had to like change or something.
0: Yeah, we had, like, um, it was, like, if something didn't go past your fingertips, it was, like, too short, I think. And they would give you these, like, old sweatpants or something to, like, put on. Why?
1: Yeah, I think that's all dumb, especially, like, if you can't even, like, wear, like, tank tops to school, like, that, like, show your shoulders. That's Mm -hmm. That's not fair. I don't think that's cool at all. Like, the guys, the football guys would come in and wear, like, their football shirts. And since, like, shoulder pads are supposed to go under them the uh the shirt the shirt sleeve would like sometimes like be rolled up and they could wear that but like they never they like if a girl wore something like that they they couldn't do it so, it's yeah. like
0: how is how is my shoulder distracting to like literally anybody <laughs> like how unhinged and like i don't know like uncivilized can a little boy be that like or like any man <laughs> be that like you're sitting in class and you can't do your math because you can see my bra strap like how and like how is that my problem <laughs>
1: Honestly, though, if you think about it, I don't even think like the younger guys cared. is in, if in my opinion, I feel like it is more for like, if you, if I'm being completely honest, it's probably more for like male teachers. Like when you think about it, especially like where I'm from, I feel like they were like, oh, you don't want like, they, they say, oh, you don't want these little boys like looking at you doing this and that. But honestly, I don't really always think that was the case. I'm a little sus on that one, but a <laughs> so suspicious. Just saying. I think another good one was show and tell. That one is more about like her perspective on um, like so. Basically, what she's saying is that she's a human being too. And I oftentimes feel like celebrities do get treated kind of like badly with like people thinking that they can just control their lives. And the, like one thing I hate that people do all the time when a celebrity like posts a picture of themselves, people are like, Where's the album? That's like sometimes one of the first things you see in like the comments, like little Uzi Vert, little Uzi Vert will post something like, Oh, where's the Album at or Rihanna or something? I'm like, gosh, that's so annoying. Like they literally treat these people like machines. And then just like, it's just uh, it's it's stupid. <laughs>
0: Yeah I think celebrities especially like musicians and stuff are definitely treated as like objects to like a brand Mm -hmm. just to like kind of be sold off and I think especially women and like the music industry have a lot of pressure put on them to like look a certain way and put on a certain image and like act a certain way and like I've heard a lot of like women artists like Taylor Swift or like Lady Gaga talk about how For like women in the industry, there's a lot of pressure to like reinvent yourself all the time and make yourself like still always seem young and sexy and interesting and men just like aren't really held to that same standard. And so I think she talks about that a little bit in her song and how like she feels like an object and not like a human being just because she she makes music and she has like a certain level of celebrity. But like um, I think one of the lines is like, if you cut me, I still bleed like Mm -hmm. I'm still just a person at the end of the day.
1: I've heard stories about, like, people, like, come up to her and take pictures, not without asking and stuff, and I I hate that. I know we want to see celebrities sometimes as, like, these higher beings and, like, that they're, like, more than what we are, but that doesn't, like, I can't even imagine, like, being that person. Someone coming up to me, taking my picture randomly, and I have no idea who who they are, like, that's terrifying to even think about.
0: Yeah it's so weird especially I think with technology like I think celebrity culture has like always been a thing but I feel like the more like we're on social media and like technology so accessible people think that they like deserve to know like every single thing about like a famous person's life and they like somehow I don't know like they somehow belong to them Mm -hmm. and it's just like creepy and like obsessive and it's like (laughs) worry about yourself.
1: Sometimes though kind of like going off like a little off of like Melanie a little off topic with that but like especially like, I feel like in the K-pop industry, like sometimes I like, it's so crazy in this music industry and like, especially over there too, like they can't even like have girlfriends I I think because like they have to keep selling this image that they like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. sell this image of themselves to where they're available to every girl and not just one. I think that is just so sad. And like, I know we don't have that here in the U.S. really but even then like people don't want to say when they're dating someone because then they get all up in their business too like oh who is this girl we got to find out who this guy is etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just too much.
0: Yeah I don't I don't know that we're as like strict as like the k-pop industry but there's definitely a certain expectation that like I don't know like everyone's like very sexualized in order to like be popular like sex sells and so people know that like in the industry and so they try to cater to that and like people kind of Like, I don't know, like, if a guy comes out, like, some super popular, like, boy band guy or whoever comes out and is, like, oh, I'm dating this person, then there's always going to be fangirls that are, like, ew, no,
1: like, sending them, like, death threats and stuff like that. I was definitely Harry Styles recently. Yeah. Her name was, like, Olivia Wilde or something. Yeah, the actress. I was like, something. Is <laughs> off of <these> people. <laughs> I've been I'm like doing hairstyles for too long for people to still be upset when they find out he's dating someone. Like,
0: <laughs> like I don't know. Do you think he's going to marry you? Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so she... But yeah, uh, Melanie, Melanie's cool. Something I re... She's She's just a very interesting character. Like, her whole. I don't know, like little girl, like doll personas, like very unique and you know, not something you see in a lot of other like popular artists. Something that's really cool about her is how like conceptual her albums are and how she tries to like tell a story with each one, but at the same time make a lot of like commentary about like societal issues and stuff like that. Uh, the first album, Cry Baby. Well, both albums are about like the same character, like her, pers- her like alter ego, Cry Baby or whatever and in the first one it's all about kind of her like dysfunctional family and like her relationships she talks about sexual assault and i really i remember when it first came out and like i kind of vibed with the whole crybaby thing just because i feel like so much of it uh is about like being emotional and like the like it's literally called crybaby the first song crybaby she talks about being a crybaby and crying all the time or whatever and I think it's interesting because I think there's definitely like an image that women are like overly emotional and like, it's, you know, if someone's like super emotional and sensitive and that makes them somehow weaker than, you know, other people. And I like that she kind of, she criticizes that, but also by, she criticizes it like by embracing that side of herself. And like, like I am a crybaby. I do get really upset when like this and that happens. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like as she talks about a lot both in crybaby and and so she kind of talks about how like it's okay to like be vulnerable sometimes but how people like do tend to like down on you if you do like show emotion <laughs> which sucks
1: another thing that i feel like was in her um in that album crybaby specifically is that she was a a people pleaser kind of she wanted to like please people and she also like with soap especially with that song she would like say something and she wanted to like wash her mouth out with soap you know that whole thing and um the guys like with the boys that were in that album or one specific boy I can't remember what his what his name was in the album but she wanted to please that character a lot too as women we oftentimes feel like we need to please people for them to like us or for them to just like um, accept us when that's actually not true.
0: Yeah, I've definitely been in plenty of relationships where I feel like all my relationships, it's always like, I feel like I'm catering to like that person, like I need to be perfect for them. And they kind of can do whatever they want. And it's always like, if something doesn't work out, then it's my fault, because I wasn't this and I wasn't that or I didn't do this enough. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a feeling of like it's the woman's role to like serve the man or not even serve the man, but serve his interests or like just be perfect all the time and like really carry the weight of relationships. And then that also goes back to the whole like kind of the celebrity thing, like or just like women being like always having to put up a certain image and like be perfect all the time. Uh, And that also goes there's a couple of songs about there's a lot of songs on this album about that, like Sippy Cup. And Mrs. Potato Head she talks a lot about like the expectations of women to like be a certain level of
1: attractiveness. With Mrs. Potato Head. <laughs> Potato Head I definitely did not completely understand it at first I was like well I feel like women should be able to do what they want you know etc cetera, etc cetera. but like upon like further research or you know comprehension um what she's really trying to say is basically that you know we don't have to uphold these standards if you're going to do plastic surgery then you should do it for yourself not like based off of what everyone else wants to look like because I think in one part of the song she said something about copy and pasting yourself (laughs) copying and pasting yourself together it was something like that I think and I do know the song I just can't remember yeah she uh it's like sometimes When you look at people now, you just scroll through Instagram, even, you know, everyone almost looks the same. You know, everyone's trying to like go for this certain image of themselves. And I get it. If like you see that and that's what you want because you think it's beautiful. But if you think that's what's going to get people to, if you think that's what's going to attract other people, then maybe you shouldn't get plastic surgery.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a weird thing with plastic surgery and like celebrities is a lot of times like celebrities are held to this certain standard where they feel like they have to get plastic surgery. And once they do get plastic surgery, everybody's like, oh, they look so good. They look so good. But at the same time, if someone like admits to having plastic surgery, people like shame them a lot. They're like, oh, well, you're fake. Like, how could you do this and that? So it's like people kind of expect them to, but also like criticize them for doing it at the same time. So it's like, I think that song kind of talks like about how like there's just no way to like please people really like they expect you to like look a certain way but they also like shame you if you like try to look that way but yeah I agree like when I first heard the song I kind of like had mixed feelings about it because I was like I don't think there's anything like I don't know growing up I always think I kind of looked down on people who got like plastic surgery just because like I know people around me would be like oh she looks so fake or like blah 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 but now that I'm older like I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with plastic surgery but like you said like if you're gonna do it like you should do it for yourself and not because like you're trying to please someone like a lot in the song she says like no one will love you if you're unattractive or like Mm -hmm. if you want to feel sexual you can always call up a professional so I don't think it was like necessarily criticizing plastic surgery itself but I think like the expectations of it um you know doing it to please other people and um Sippy Cup I really like Sippy Cup too because I think it, it doesn't talk about specifically plastic surgery but it also goes into those like Uh, like societal expectations it talks a lot about um, let's see what are the links it says pill diet pill diet if they give you a new pill you then you will buy it if they say to kill yourself then you will try it all the makeup in the world make won't make you less insecure you got weight in you got weights in your pockets when you go to the doctors your favorite candy's cotton that's why your teeth are on blah 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 and so that goes into like a lot of like body image issues and uh, eating disorders and similar to how like um plastic surgery is it's like people expect you to like look the certain way. And so then you go to these extremes, whether it be like getting surgery or you know, some people um, you know, have those body image issues. And so they turn to like eating disorders. But then people will also like look down on you if you do have those sorts of things. Even though it is like a a health thing, like it's a disorder, but people will like look down on you. Like there's a stigma if like you have an eating disorder when in reality it's like people turn to those things because of like the pressures that like other people put on them and like society puts on them and the images that I see in the media and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, it just like sucks that <laughs> it sucks that like so many young women have to feel that way all the time. They have to go to, to like such extremes to look at the way that they're like supposed to.
1: I feel like another part of that song too, going off what you just said, um women have to like going back to the whole people pleasing thing too, like women have to look that way to please their man as well because as you, as like the story of that song kind of says that like the, her, her mom's husband is cheating on her. So she drinks and she gets plastic surgery to look a certain way so that he'll like try to like still be more attracted to her. And I just like, you know, that kind of sucks too. And then um, so crybabies like over here, like getting all sad about it because, um, that's what she sees. That's what's happening in her house. And so imagine like going through that. Cause a lot of times we, um, we as kids, we live our lives based off of how we grew up. And so she's all kind of like messed up in the head. She becomes this people pleaser and she becomes like this person who just wants people to like her because of how she sees her mom act probably towards her father. Her mom just stays around and just does whatever because he's a cheater, but she doesn't want to leave him. So instead she just goes to get plastic surgery, tries to look certain ways, drinks and just makes crybaby sad, which sucks.
0: Yeah, and it's, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and it's sad how like like cry baby the character is like obviously she's very young and it's sad how like early on like girls like start getting those like images in their head that like this is what you have to do because you see it like everywhere like older women suffer from these like pressures you see it especially like with technology and tv like you see these things all the time like women have to be so perfect all the time and like ever, ever since like you're a little ass girl like you already have that image in your head that like this is what I'm supposed to look like and if I don't look like this then I like no one's gonna love me and I'm not gonna be like good enough and this and that whatever yeah and then another kind of like song where she kind of talks about like relationship dynamics and like the role of women uh, is Alphabet Boy Um, I like that song because she's very like (laughs) she talks about this guy that she's talking to who's like very condescending and kind of tries to like uh she's she's a musician obviously and the song is kind of about this guy that's like trying to mansplain like <laughs> making music to
1: her and so she goes the way that. that I could talk about this for hours because I was literally <laughs> in a relationship like that that is just it's ridiculous like I just hate I hate it I love that song but I it 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 infuriates me in a way. It like makes me very <laughs> upset because I know how that feels. This guy who just like always wants to um prove how much smarter than he is than you because like you're in this relationship and I don't know. He's just <laughs> I feel like men do that when they think that you're that when they think that like you're smarter than them. So they try to like make you feel less than and they try to <laughs> Mitch, like, prove that they're smarter than you in a way, even if they actually aren't. But sometimes, we as women, like, we can be people pleasers, so we let them and we let them do their own mansplaining stuff, whatever. But I, you know, I hate that. (laughs) 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 Yeah, bad at explaining stuff.
0: (laughs) I know you can, yeah, men. I don't know, I've definitely been in situations where like some like sometimes relationships sometimes just like in school or like business things just like working with people where like I know that I'm fully competent of like mm-hmm. with what I'm doing and I know that I'm smart and I know that I know what I'm doing but men still will always assume mm-hmm. that like they're better than you or like you don't know what you're doing and they're so mm-hmm. condescending oh
1: my god like, why I'm not perfect sometimes I would fall for it but other times I'm just like look I'm not dumb Like, I think I know what I'm talking about. And that could also probably be like a thing with gaslighting too. Like how you just like, they just gaslight you and try to make you believe things that aren't true. It's just like, no, I know my ABCs, okay? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I know in my first
0: like real relationship that happened a lot where he would try to make me feel like stupid or like I didn't understand something or Like, he would do like shitty things to me and then like make it seem like it was my fault. And I was so young, like, I mean, I was, I don't know, I was like 15, but like, that's, that's young. And like, I was a little kid, like, I believed like all of that. And that like screwed me up for like a long time because I let like this guy like so completely like shape like my image of myself just because he was so condescending. And like, I thought that, you know, like, I wanted to be a people pleaser. Like, I thought that like the, in order to feel good about myself, I had to please a man and like i needed this guy to like me and i needed to be perfect for him and even though he was like terrible he made it seem like i was terrible and i believed that for a long time i don't know how young women are just taught to like just kind of take that and like let it shape yourself and like you're so susceptible to those kinds of things because i still have like i've grown out of that a lot but i still definitely have like lasting like insecurities from that kind of stuff and i don't know it sucks
1: it is men (laughs) me here to teach us everything we need to know (laughs) about girls (laughs) exciting smart I love the way she tells stories though it's like I don't know I love her whole pastel vibe too like it's so cute me personally I don't think I could pull that off but She's amazing at it in the whole two-tone color hair thing. Oh, I love that. I love people who like do the half and
0: half. I always kinda want to try it, but I'm like, I don't think I'm bold enough.
1: For real. Yeah. I tried to do it. My mom, I was like, Mom, can you please like do this to my hair? She's like, No. She wouldn't let me. <laughs> she thought it was dumb. I was like, what? <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> that's what that's what's cool. That's what people do now. But she said no. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so that is something i think is cool about melanie how her whole image is like very like kind of hyper feminine like she's very like pink and frilly but at the same time she makes a lot of like commentary and music about how like like in k through 12 the whole story about that album is crybaby is kind of fighting against the like patriarchal oppression of like a school system mm-hmm. and that stuff and part of that is like oh girls are expected to do this and boys are expected to do that and Melanie's very pointed about, like, um, she's like, yeah, I am very girly, and, like, I do wear a lot of pink and pastel and frills, but, like, not everybody has to do that. Like, <laughs> there's no reason that, you know, I should have to wear a pink skirt because I'm a girl and you should have to wear blue pants because you're a
1: boy. Like, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. The Patriarchy. Oh. I feel like that's what the principal, her song The Principal was kind of about too. <laughs> the principal was um, I don't know, she she was just like talking shit about the principal telling him like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she actually meant the principal though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. But hey. It's a metaphor for society and the
1: patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> <or whatever. laughs> uh. um, what does she say what if I told your mother that her son was a cruel mother yeah yeah yeah. okay I was trying to think about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah that song was really good so she was like she was just like I tried to make you listen but you wanted your way um killing kids all day and night and so I don't know that definitely does make sense if she was talking about the patriarchy instead like we we as people are always trying to tell like our government or like just other people in society what's wrong and what we think is wrong and what we think is right what's ethical what's not and then one day I feel like we're gonna realize like whether some whether one person is wrong or not or another person is right One day, the truth is going to come out, and everyone's going to realize, look, you were wrong. I was right, you know, like, but it might be too late by then, you know. So, but nobody wants to listen now, because everyone has their own opinions. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, y'all, coming up next, I have an interview with Head Huncho, also known as Head Hunch 8. But in the meantime, here's a clip from his song Belong. Stay tuned.
2: yeah, I'm up in the stars where I know I belong. Yeah, say that she loved me, she loved me, but she didn't miss me until I was gone. Yeah, all in the studio, baby, I, go, I feel like I'm right at home. Yeah, the in my city brothers and sisters and hand in our crowns and the Man, they been working so hard own. Yeah, I'm up in the stars where I know I belong. Yeah, say that she loved me, she loved me, but she right, what's up,
0: y'all? Welcome back to this episode of Culture Jam. Today, I have Head Huncho joining me, who is a junior broadcast journalism major here at USC, he released his latest singles, Pain Away and Story, featuring I'm a Little Birdie this past February, as well as an EP titled Stargazer 2 in January 2021. Welcome to the show, man.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Are you originally from South Carolina?
2: Uh yeah, from um it's a little town called Walterboro, It's about, it's around Somerville area.
0: Okay, okay. Do you are you like involved in the music scene here? How do you kind of feel about like what's going on?
2: I'm, try- I'm trying to get a little more into it. Um, I actually lived in Sumter for about like a year. So I was kind of like starting my music kind of around like Sumter area. I'm um, just kind of getting used to the area like around here. But I'm starting to make a little connections and stuff like around with people around here.
0: What got you into music like originally?
2: Uh, Weirdly enough, um, me and two of my friends, we actually was like riding home one day. And like my own friend, he raps and he was starting freestyling. And he was like, yo, you trying to try freestyle with me? And I was like, Nah, not really. But I tried, <laughs> <laughs> and it started from there.
0: That's dope. do. you have any like musical influences that you like draw from like most when you're you know rapping, or is it kind of like whatever?
2: Oh yeah, totally. Um, Michael Jackson, uh, Drake, and um, probably Lil Uzi probably like my biggest inspiration inspirations probably.
0: How do you feel about Lil Uzi's his jewel thing on his forehead?
2: I mean, say what you want, it might be weird or whatever, but I feel like people are always gonna remember him from that for that though, at least.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> when you're making music, is like, when, like lyrically, or is there like anything that like you draw from specifically that you like to talk about? Or are you kind of like all over the place? Like what kind of inspires you to write?
2: Um, so it's usually about like how I'm feeling at the moment, honestly, but um, lately I've been drawing a lot from like personal experiences. Um, kind of like um, past romances um yada yada stuff like that
0: yeah do you have a favorite song or like project of yours that you've done before
2: um probably my favorite song to right now is probably belong um just because i got a chance to work with like a really like pretty popping artist of uh, t-money he's from um clemson he's like really popular over there mm-hmm. so um getting a, get a chance to work with him was really cool
0: i am um, i feel like a lot of my friends especially like since I moved down here, sometimes people like I don't know, when we talk about rap music, they're kind of like, oh, that doesn't take as much like musical talent as like singing or stuff like that. Do you ever feel like people like take you less seriously as like a musician because of the like, oh, yeah.
2: rap? Totally. Cause like on, on me personally, like I like I don't even like the term like rapper. Cause like I feel like that in itself is a little bit of so, insult. Like I'm an artist. Cause yeah. like I feel because like I, I feel like I do more than just like just rhyme. Like, there's way more to it.
0: Yeah, so you feel like you have, like, a a similar skill set as, like, any other musician? Like, it's just kind of different.
2: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: What is kind of, like, your songwriting process or, like, the production process like?
2: True, honestly, I I, I write music. I feel so weird because, like, I'll go from, like, I'll I'll go on, like, YouTube or, like, I'll um, either talk to somebody who made beats or whatever. And, like, you know, like, yo, send me a couple beats and I'll listen to them. And like, I'll spend like maybe like an hour or two just writing and I'll hop from song to song, like, like within like stand, like two hours, I'll like write like probably like four songs, but like I only write like the hook of this song, or I'll write like two verses on this song. Like I, like I won't finish one within that hour, but I'll have like four, like 75% of the way done, basically, <laughs> and then like I'll come back to it later and I'll be like, all right, this is the one that I really like, I'm gonna go ahead and finish it, basically.
0: Do you feel like music is something that, like, you see yourself doing in the future? Or is it kind of like a side thing that you just kind of have, like, just for fun? No,
2: nah, nah, it's totally um, it's totally future plans. I actually want to um, create an independent um, record label in South Carolina called 8 um, Pressure Records. I'm already kind of working on it right now. I got a couple of artists that um, are under us, and we're um, making moves. We actually, um, we're actually working on a deal right now with a um, local videographer some more videos and stuff like that.
0: That's cool. Uh, how did A Pressure Records come to be? Is that just you, you like work with friends or like how did that kind of become an idea? <laughs> That's
2: a long story, but basically we met in um, Sumter actually. I was, um, me and my roommate, we actually um, went to USC Sumter for like our first two years and um, we actually met some artists over there. And long story short, like we always like, yo, y'all mean music? music too. We met, we linked up, like the vibes were just like perfect. Like they had the same vision as us, like we wanted to kind of make something bigger. Cause like South Carolina, we really don't, we you know, we're not really like known for like rap music or anything like that, but there's like tons, there's like tons of like undiscovered talent over here. So like I kind of purpose to like to like bring that us to the forefront basically. Cause I mean, right now the East Coast, like rap-wise is popping. Like North Carolina, the baby autumn, they're doing their thing. Georgia, like it's been like you know, the trap like sock type music. I mean, we're right in the middle of them. So, I mean, there's no, there's, no, there's no reason for us not to get no attention. So, we are basically linked like that. And we've been doing our thing ever since. We actually went through a little um, rebranding, um, a little farther back. And I'm like, finally getting kind of back to business basically.
0: That's dope. Do you yeah. think that like in the future, you'd maybe wanna to move to Atlanta or somewhere where there is more of a scene? Or do you really like wanna stay in South Carolina and kind of make a name? like? I,
2: I really i really want to stay in south carolina and um do some things but um if within, within like you know three to four years if i'm really not where i really want to be i would consider moving out of state for a little bit just to get some more experience but i but my end game is always to bring it back to south carolina whatever i learn or anything like that
0: how do you kind of go about like meeting new artists and you know getting them on your label and stuff <laughs> like that
2: <laughs> it's crazy but i mean. It's not really a process to it, it it honestly just like happens, like just, just, you know, going out, making the connections, um, visiting the studios, Um, uh, one one of our newest um, signees, uh, this is a little exclusive, Um, this is a dude called TDK Outcast. he's um, from actually, from St. George, South Carolina, real small, small area, I actually met him going to a studio session um, I, I, go to, I go to I go to this dude in Saint George to um, get some of my songs recorded sometimes, and he's actually in the studio. And like we were just talking, and he was like, "Yo, you want you want to give me a feature?" And I mean, I was like, "Sure." So we um linked up, did the song, and we actually talked a little bit afterwards. And um, I like this music, and we was talking. And he was like, "Yo, um, I heard that I heard like you know that A Pressure thing y'all doing. Like, it seems sounds really cool. Like, you know, how do I to become a part of it?" And I was like, you know. We talked and everything, and um, he's posse. But it's potentially, he's, he's still he's still he's still kind of on the fence. But um, he's he's basically part of a Fresh already. <laughs> but we still got to work through a couple of things with him though.
0: You um you talked a little about partnering with a videographer when it comes to, like making music videos. Is there like do you like Ruby? do you enjoy like doing that? Is that something you're really involved with? Like what's kind of the oh, process with that? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's super cool, especially shooting at USC, like, it's one of my favorite places to shoot at, because it's like, the campus is so lively, and like, when people see you like, out there doing things, like, you know, they're saying, yo, that's dope, yo, you know, like, they get, they get hyped with you, like, and that really boosts your energy, so, I mean, I love it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be performing at the um, Carolina's Got Talent. Awesome. Uh, March 4th. March 4th, mm-hmm. what time is that? Uh, it's from 8
0: to 10. March 4th, 8 to 10, go see Huncho. Oh, my oh, bad, the 20, 24th, my 24th, bad. 24th, 24th. I'll plug that at the end, I'll say that again. But um,
2: yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: Uh, thank you so much for talking to me.
2: No problem, it was not a problem at all.
0: <laughs> Thanks for coming on, I'm really looking forward to everything you and 8 Pressure Records do. Hope you um, get South Carolina on the mat. If I try. All right. Well, if you're in the USC area, go ahead and catch Head Show at Carolina's Got Talent. That's March 24th. Check them out. It'll be dope. And thank you for listening to this episode of Culture Jam. I'm Zoe, and I'll catch y'all next time.